Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Crocs classic clogs and sandals are so comfy, all you'll have to worry about is how you're going to personalize them. Choose your favorite classic clog, sandal, or slide. Then load them up with your favorite gibbet charms to create a truly one-in-a-million pair. Experience all-day comfort you can make totally your own at crocs.com. That's C-R-O-C-S dot com. And welcome to a special film sack. Uh, no, it's not all that special. We're just doing a discussion episode. Okay, you've heard yeah. these a couple times. You heard our horror one here recently, and mm-hmm. you're now going to hear our uh, our science fiction one. Ooh, everybody just like sat up in their chair and went, "Oh, what, 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 what? My favorite genre? Fiction? Favorite genre? Uh, welcome to the program. Of course, Randy Jordan over there. Hello, Randy. Hello. Hello, uh, Brian Ibbett. Hello. Pew 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 pew. And then the Brian Dunaway. Is here is also. I don't know. Oh, that he was took a, my pew, pew. He took my pew pew pews away, so I had to do some kind of <laughs> humming noise. And you were just like a, an engine or great like Scott. A, oh, there oh, you go. Up borp. How about that one? You can have that <laughs> yeah, one. Up borp. Wait, great Scott. Who does that? Oh, that's um, man, yeah, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Christopher really, Lloyd. Yeah. That counts. Really you know what? That's a fiction movie. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that we we should not forget. You know, like when you talk about a genre and we try to do a roundtable about it. You don't want to forget the stuff that's like hybrid. It's like, all right, that is science oh, fiction, good. but it's also a comedy. It's that's also the, a family drama in a weird that's a way. That's point. Yeah. I was thinking about this a lot. So I I worked uh, at Blockbuster, or you might – I worked at Blockbuster when I was a teenager, right? So I've had this discussion, oh, a million times because when you're in Blockbuster, you had the new releases, and then you had the genres. And every time a movie would go from, from the – uh, from the new release, it had to put to in a genre, and we'd have to figure all that out. And there would always be discussion. It would come down from corporate, but then when corporate would come down, like this ain't no darn sci-fi movie, and so we would, you know, <laughs> we put it over, you know, where we wanted to. Um, but yeah, so we had that discussion a million times, and I finally just came to the conclusion: uh, sci-fi is whatever you think it is. I usually think of it as space and science fiction, or sci- excuse me, science-related things that that uh, that don't include stuff like. Mad Max. Yeah, because right? like technically, as yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like Mad Max or like even horror movies could, could you could say that they're so far out Elements there, sci-fi, that they right. are science Cabin fiction. in the woods. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. well, that because it doesn't yeah. have to be in space. Doesn't have to have a futuristic element. Could right. just be about two people inventing a time machine and a a, a parking or a, a, a what is this, a storage locker. Right. Right. It could be it, an it, animated film about a giant made of iron. That's true. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah oh, I would call that yeah, science fiction. Yeah. Sciency, because the aliens almost always, almost always include science fiction, right? Almost, almost always. always. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, mm-hmm. um, well, so like Fire in the Sky we did here in the last six months or something. Mm-hmm. Fire in the Sky is definitely has horror elements and definitely has science fiction elements. So I don't know which genre. I don't know where you put it. See, this is why this is why I, the internet's great because you can I'm apply a, two tags to it. You can say horror, yeah. horror, science fiction. Whereas back in the day at your blockbuster, you didn't, you couldn't, but you didn't put a copy in both aisles. 
right? Right. Mm-hmm. They were. Right. <laughs> you probably you probably aired on the side of. I'm guessing you aired on the side of horror for that one. I don't know. Actually, I don't it's know. Interesting. Where I'm it's interesting yeah, that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Like I I wasn't prepared for you to go right to some of the hardest. Uh, you know, like some of the yeah, like fire mm. in the sky is a lot of little genres all mashed up, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's really just more like a made for TV drama more than anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really yeah, it but really if was. you, I mean, you, made for TV is not a genre. Like made for TV is a, qu- a level of quality. Right. In my well, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but but you know what you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's like a like it's I I, I never gave it the the prestige in my mind of yeah. of picking a genre for it. I still, I would still would say it's sci-fi. I mean, it deals with, yes. with aliens. It deals with that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's probably on the more thriller level of mm-hmm. sci-fi, sci-fi mm. thriller, is, which is, is a tough thing when you think about yeah. those poor little employees at Blockbuster back in the day who <laughs> yeah. had, to, had to group things. I guess... Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you don't like you're saying, Scott. You don't have that disadvantage. You can put something in both the sci-fi section and the horror section of Netflix. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, you just you can you just tag it. You, get, you, know? you got multi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of the multi-genre science fiction movies are mysteries, also. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when our blockbuster just did away with the mystery section. Yeah, like we they, did do that. Yeah. Yeah, there was, we were like, this is bullshit. Nobody's looking at this. <laughs> right. Because, well, and also it feels to me like there's a thing in our, in our film history where mystery becomes a, a part of like almost every movie, like screenwriters yeah. just start building these big elaborate mysteries into every movie, you know? Yeah. yeah I don't know. I can't, pu- it's, hard, it's hard to think mysteries. of yeah, exactly. Right, like like cl- to, clue, you would go clue. That was a, that's a freaking mystery. I mean, everything about it's mystery. It's also it's mystery comedy, comedy too, but it's sure. primarily, uh, yeah. it's primarily mystery. Comedy. See, that's where you and I would fight. I'd say, oh, that that belongs in the comedy section. I don't. I, and I'd go, yeah, sir. I it, work it, at Blockbuster. I've been here for ten years. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> I think that's why mystery is such a bad a bad descriptor. Plus, I might like walk in there and say, "Oh, these are movies they just can't classify. It's a mystery. Yeah. Where does yeah. it belong? It's, I don't know. It's a oh, that's why it's like, a mystery. Like yeah. Murder on the Orient Express. That sure. is like a that's true. Yes. That's like straight up mystery. That and that's straight up yeah, mystery. and that is the thing. That's a that's a kind of pure version of that genre that used to exist a lot more. You were always getting those Agatha right. Christie uh, adaptations. You were getting other stuff oh, like boys. it, uh, and they. And that was a genre. I, I just think that genre had a falling out, and that's why we kind of quit having it. Like it just didn't. Yeah. It quit being compelling. So, and also, Randy's right. Every movie has more and more mystery elements because there's a lot of you know. I mean, why do we have spoiler culture at all? It's because people don't want to hear about a a thing because it's a damn mystery until mm-hmm. you find out. I mean, that's what we there's, do. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely films now, like newer films that stand, and I realize we're just, we're going to talk about a different genre now, yeah. <laughs> but there are definitely <laughs> newer films that set out to be only a mystery movie, like Knives Out, right? Knives that out, is absolutely. what, that's the point, right? The right. Hateful Eight. It right. sets out to mm-hmm. be a mystery movie. That's really all it is. It, well, you tag it a Western place. too, but sure. Yeah. But, but you... <laughs> But it's it like that is a a useful genre for yes. a very small number of movies is what I'm saying. Right. Whereas science fiction is almost too broad. There's almost too many things that because they touch on futurism or because they touch on the unknown and space and so on, we we put it all nice. together in science fiction. And that's, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to ask you all when when you just like you're hit with sci-fi. Like what? What is really at the core of Star it Trek. for you? Yeah. Star, oh, it's yeah. Star Trek. You say is it? Okay, give it. Tell us why, Dunaway. Sell us oh, Star on Trek. Star it's, Trek. It's, is, is, well, everything is okay. So Star Trek is all about technology and science, technology, everything. They're moving. They're moving through and interacting with one another, and we we really relate to learning new cultures and learning about ourselves. And we're exploring the universe while learning about ourselves. But that's all encapsulated inside the sci-fi technology and science. Everything is wrapped in there. All that stuff informs us uh, about what we're going to do in this show or what we can do, what we can't do. So it's encapsulated with science fiction. Right, right. (laughs) I think so. science science fiction is – I'm hearing that science fiction is about what we – what humanity hasn't done yet or you know might do it's mm. about the future right you're you're like right. 
Like mm-hmm. there's like we have technology, a movie about modern technology wouldn't necessarily be sci-fi, but as soon as you jump to here's technology we don't have yet, or here's or a we place we haven't yet. been yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then, then it's sci-fi. Cause you, you could easily say that, um, back to the future, great example that could so. exist. You know, like some some mm-hmm. scientist could have created a time machine right. in DeLorean. All these things happen without the rest of the world knowing about it. It's all like this little this little pocket uh, Mill Valley uh, thing that happens, and the whole rest of the world completely unaware of it because all this uh, this adventure that they go on is kind of self contained. Um, it's not in the news. It's not on television. It's not you know made publicly aware except to these these people who know about the DeLorean. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the future, and it doesn't necessarily have to be technology that hasn't been invented yet. It could be technology that the rest of the world just doesn't know about. Right. It, imp- it, it impacts created. the right. story, right? Everything right. that is being right. told in the right. story is completely impacted. You cannot stop thinking about the science the whole time. Even when you're going, yeah. oh, no, Marty's falling in love, and he's doing and you're like, oh, but, but still, you're like, oh, it's going to be complicated. Because science. Because science. Well, so, yeah. Even though they don't adhere to an even known science very well in those movies, yeah. there's a lot of fantasy going on in your Back to the Futures. Okay. Whereas in Star Trek, Absolutely. it's like, hey, we're going to teleport people from the ship to the surface of the planet, which is based on some theor- theoretical ideas that aren't here yet. We can't do it yet. But in this show, we're going to say that we got, we figured it out. We found the last mile of the technology and we, and we did it. We connected mm. the dots. But there's like this, you know, I remember having a book in my late teens, early 20s, somebody gave me oh. for a birthday thing that was a Star Trek, basically it was a Star Trek technical Star Trek, manual. Right? Yeah. Oh, 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 it was a different thing. Okay. No, it was I like a bit called the Science of Star Trek. It's kind of like that. It's uh, it, it may have even been, but it was basically a big form coffee table book and it had, uh, I still have it somewhere. It's basically technical specifications of transporters, of the way that replicators worked on the ship. Uh, and they get into this like schematics. I mean, it's insane. It's like total nerd, you know, nerdgasm stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. here are the exact circuits used in how uh, the thing on your shirt works when you say I'm on my way or whatever. Like they just went nuts with it. And I it's a flux capacitor. I love that because what it does is it yeah. ties ties the fiction to a possible reality and a possible future that also happens to be kind of optimistic and and exciting and progressive and interesting and you know all those things so i don't know star trek star trek star trek owns that space yeah. <laughs> it, you i i believe this is just a faith statement i think if you were to walk around and interview people and say where does science fiction begin for you as a kid they're gonna point at william shatner and uh, leonard yeah, most of us yeah and that's pretty Alive. cool if you think about it that's pretty cool yeah you know because right. it's a it's a good neat. beginning yeah yeah, it actually began. I'm going to drop some knowledge like I I didn't just read it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. According to Britannica, the, the term science fiction was popularized, if not invented, yeah. in the 1920s by one of the genre's principal advocates, the American publisher, Hugo Ernstback. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Good old Hence Hugo Ernstback. Dictionary defines science right. fiction yeah, as... Yeah. Like, it is <laughs> kind of... That's funny, though. That's a, It's a relatively, you know, certainly Modern in the... Term. Yeah. The the yeah. history of humanity. It's a relatively short term thing we've had. It's not been mm-hmm. around forever. I, I I always think, oh, science fiction and fantasy. These concepts or these, I guess, genres have existed since man hath walked the earth, but clearly not. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. You know, like you can uh, you can point at individuals. I think when you're looking at the history of science fiction, like mm-hmm. like people like George Lucas, right? Who have yeah. who have like taken science fiction forward from wherever it was at the time. Yeah, right. The one that interests me the most is Andre Tarkovsky. Yeah. Oh. And it inter- Andre Tarkovsky interests me because he made these towering great science fiction films that uh it wasn't possible that I could have seen them at the time. Right, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't even I'd never heard of this guy until well after the fall of the USSR and the uh, you know, like the, the was intended, right? But but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, in, in retrospect, we, like everything's in retrospect yeah. about yeah. some of this stuff. Sure. And Absolutely. and the the two movies that everybody talks about, the two Tarkovsky movies that are like the big science fiction steps forward are Solaris, 
which is 1972 yes. and and stalker which is 1979 like i Never personally yeah i personally didn't see those movies until 30 years after they were made <laughs> you know was that but 2002 like, solaris thing a remake the the yes. Clooney one? Oh, yeah. i didn't know yes. that oh really okay yeah, i, I had no idea OG, though that's cool mm-hmm. yeah i never saw the og either but uh didn't just, know it was why i saw on video uh, on the youtubes about the coverage of it mm-hmm. i had no well, idea that's well cool. and and i think we talked about this a tiny bit when we sacked uh event horizon um uh the original solaris has a massive influence on mm-hmm. event horizon mm-hmm. and and everything else and like there is like when you look at the history of sci-fi, you, you're there are these like moments, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and and sometimes they're like years years long, right? Like the Christopher Decades. Nolan moment in the early 2000s, where Christopher Nolan pushes science fiction forward. Right, uh, that goes on for a really long time, right? Like, like is uh, I don't know if Memento is He's a sci-fi film, but but like. Uh, you know, like all no, the way I would, up to I would call that thriller. Yeah, would you put the? Yeah. Was, we talked about this the other day, thriller, right? That's what we ended up on. I would say thriller. Yeah, Oppenheimer's that, but, is the thriller. But I would say, but I would, and, and this, you know, I don't feel like superheroes should be a genre, but I feel like superhero films typically fit in sci-fi. Usually, yeah, yeah, superhero movies are usually uh, shoehorned into sci-fi because no one wants to go ahead and just say it. Oh my God, look at all of these freaking superhero movies. Let's just right. make a genre. Yeah, so I, really, so I would it's say. Time. Nolan Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series technically for me would be sci-fi. Yeah, right. I, even, I would, even though Batman is the most sci-fi of just about. I mean, of he is all he's yeah. all tech, all well, tech baby. Yeah, he's yeah. the tech side of sci-fi. But I would say, you know, if you look at Guardians of the, the Galaxy, that. and that's more that's that's more like the space fiction that we yeah. think of sci-fi. You are eventually going to talk about the movies that are sci-fi in but, your podcast. My point was when you have when you have people like these these individual big deal times, like Tarkovsky's right. movies in the 70s, George Lucas, uh, you know, like Steven Spielberg pushes sci-fi forward, and Christopher Nolan is is still doing it in, in Inception, in Interstellar, you know what I'm saying? And, there, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like that's really, that's like... A, it means that the the genre is not going through a curve where it's like uh, it's a big deal and then it peaks and then it falls off like uh, I don't know westerns is what westerns is probably a good example of um, um, of genre that had a time and oh, we're God. past that time it was we're, every movie for yeah, a while yeah. yeah yeah there was a time like you think about the glut of superhero movies that was what was happening in the 60s with with westerns 60s and 70s it was just nonstop westerns. And now you get them here or there, but it's not like it used to be. And I really like them now. I mean, I'm a big fan of modern Westerns. I'm not, I really don't like the era of Westerns. That was not my jam at all. I wasn't born Mm -hmm, obviously, mm -hmm. but, but the, uh, the enjoyment Except I get out the of spaghettis, right? Yeah, the, spaghetti's I, the more I, the enjoyment I get out of the new stuff. I mean, I like some of the old <laughs> stuff, but I really like new westerns. You mentioned Hateful Eight, which you're right is a kind of a murder mystery, but it's also just a really great western, um, and one of my favorite modern ones. And I, I wish there were more of them, but I kind of like that it's less is more now. You know, just mm-hmm. give me one once in a while, and it's cool. But science fiction, I don't think, is ever going to be under that kind of extinction. That level of extinction. no, no. I think there's always yeah. going to be science fiction because basically it's like looking. Most of them are looking towards, at least in part, a hopeful future. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know, you know, most of the other stuff has a definite. You can't say maybe because you can't. You can say I want to see a dystopian movie, but you can't say I want to see a happy future movie because that's science fiction. <laughs> okay. All right. You just you just accidentally brought up a really really interesting topic here. Mm. Which is uh, is sci-fi grim or is sci-fi bleak or or, or whatever? It, it can be points of bleak, but it I can think be. overall. So let me yeah. let me give you. With, I just want anything else. You can yeah. yeah. I just want to give you a bunch of the top sci-fi movies of all time. Go because uh, as I was just discussing, they're mostly from like 1968 to 1985, which means there was definitely a a peak or a rise. Sure, because quality. we're excited about space, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, Technology. exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I just want you to tell me what they all have in common. So um, I'm just looking at a random list of the best ones, right? Number yeah. one is 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Number two is Blade Runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Number four is Aliens. Yeah. Number five is A New Hope. Right. Uh, so far, there's a lot of bleak mixed in with your two Star Wars but, movies. But, but yeah. we, end up, yeah, exactly. we, over, we overcome. <laughs> 
we overcome the bleak, right? None of those. That's that's kind of the definitive, right? Right, and it's kind of in in some of those cases, not the Star Wars cases, but it's technology gone wrong. Like it's it's mm-hmm. the science fiction trope of uh, we've extended too far without um we've we've run before we could walk with technology and now the technology has gone awry or taken over or is uh putting nails through their hands and killing people yeah and i would and i would argue that blade runner never has a happy resolution it has a better than for the humans one of the movies don't care well (laughs) one one of the the versions released yeah one of the cuts does that freaking drive off in the sunset bullshit oh my god yeah yeah. But the uh, like of Terminator, if you take Terminator as an example, Terminator is basically a serial killer run amok that you can't stop. And, and, and in the end, you have to finally stop him. If that had been that movie, nobody would talk about Terminator and its influence. They would just say, oh, that's that movie about a serial killer trying to kill everybody. Right. Right. But instead, By we got way, a robot. And because he's a robot, and because it's got this like robot. machines run amok future come back in the past tale, we'd look at it as a a tentpole of the genre in science fiction. But really all you did was just swap a serial killer for a mega robot. Really? This mm-hmm. this list has Terminator at tw- number 21 of all time and Terminator 2 at number 16 of all time. Oh, yeah. And it feels really right to me. But it, what, what, you're, what you're talking about is how these movies often are, they get all caught up on exciting action and they should. That's yeah, a good thing. Part of it. But, but they kind of like, forget to um make you smile you know what i'm saying like that mm-hmm. like it's it's and it's fine i'm not you know it's not a complaint but like i mean i smiled when an arnold hung up the phone and said your parents are dead i mean i <laughs> i cackled yeah there are moments like that but <laughs> sure. like but like uh yeah terminator 2 actually got some decent humor in it but the but you're not wrong they're often very grim right they're they're they don't i'm trying to think in like aliens or alien or any of the alien series there are moments of levity but it's usually at the expense of somebody right yeah it's not like you know start that's why star trek is like this different thing almost shocking it exists still and grows because yeah it's a little roddenberry man it's like too optimistic in a weird way and And they try to bleak it up you know occasionally (laughs) discovery i love that term i love that term brian that's a great term it took it took him a real long time down maybe there Well, you know, Roddenberry was famous for uh, for not allowing he didn't want conflict between his characters. And so that really made it difficult for writers because conflict is part of writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he wanted the conflict so, to be the weird planet they found. Or right. if, if there was conflict between characters, it's because Kirk was under the influence of some weird nebula. And now he had right, to fight with right. Spock over it or they right. made them play that weird midget chess thing. Sorry, small person chess thing <laughs> um, or whatever. Right. But like even like I remember deep space nine. I'm very fond of like, I really like it. I like that show, but I will admit deep space nine pushes the edge of optimistic star Trek a little hard compared to the rest of star Trek dumb. And I think also discovery does. And I think that's why discovery a didn't last as long as it could have. And B didn't have the, the impact that, that other more positive stuff has. I think Strange New Worlds is a reminder that like, oh, yeah, right. This is the Star Trek we all signed up for, where everybody is kind of working together. We have our problems. We have our trips, but we make up for it, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Discovery was just kind of like, everything's kind of shitty. We're all shitty. Everyone's shitty. We want want one Barclay. We don't want a whole (laughs) ship full of Barclays. That's true. That would be a night. What a nightmare you just described. That's kind of what discovery could be, right? Sometimes it feels like, oh, man, you've got... 99.9% 99.9% of this enterprise is just working together. These yeah, are people who are the best at what they do. And we, yeah. they've, they've graduated the Academy and then you've got Barkley, yeah. but then you go to discovery and you've got basically, you know, a whole ship. How full did, of we, how did yeah. we kill Barkley? Didn't we blow his head up? What was that? Was it? No, what? no, 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 no. he didn't it. die. He's good. He's, he lived, he was in the movies yeah. and stuff too. Yeah. Barclays, did, he ever, yeah. did he ever make it into Picard? I mean, I've seen the entirety yes. of Picard, and I can't remember if we see Barclay. Yes. We do. Okay. Yes, he's still around. Okay. I don't. I, I need to still finish that last up that season. I've been savoring and, uh, it because I know it's never going to happen again. So I'm just sort of mm-hmm. taking think, it slow. Yeah. I think we're kind of dancing around a, an interesting part of this topic, which is how the reality that we live in at the time influences the movies that we make and Absolutely. that we see. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you brought up Deep Space Nine, I couldn't help thinking, gosh, Deep Space Nine really feels like it's made in the 1990s. And I don't mm-hmm. mean how it looks, but I mean, like, those scripts were written by people who had been 
watching the real world ever since the end of the Vietnam War and watching mm-hmm. how the government was working and how, uh, you know, global politics was working. And so it doesn't surprise me that Deep Space Nine is full of some, like, post-Reagan takes on things like the CIA and so on. Yeah. And, and like, nowadays, like, there's such a drive for hopefulness in our current uh, entertainment, right? Like, but mm-hmm. like, uh, you, you, it, there's no, it's not surprising to me that everybody went and saw Ted Lasso the first season and loved it <laughs> and turned mm-hmm. around and started clamoring for strange new worlds to have some hope, you know, yeah. Or, yeah. or, or lower decks is the better example. I here, hate right? doing or, this because I know everyone's gonna make fun of me, but there, like, I just realized I can answer this question now. When somebody says to me, Scott, why are you, why do you like, like, not just enjoy or go back to or whatever. Why do you like Fury Road so much? And I have an answer. The answer is, it is hopeful. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like it on the surface. It seems like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Everything there mm-hmm. sucks. There's nothing good about the place these people <laughs> exist. But but in that place, that whole point is hopefulness. It's like, we are going yeah. to find a way out of here. We're going to survive this and get away from what is bad and reset this world, like all that stuff. That's what does it for me. So in a oh, weird I way, love a world reset stories. I do too. I'm, I'm that. I do too. Love so that. when yeah. I see something yeah. like deep space nine, I remember my first impression of deep space nine was not a good one because I remember going, wait a minute, what's this gold press latinum bullshit. We're not supposed to have money in the future. I thought everything was all cleared up. And then I realized, Oh, like there life, it's complicated. You got a big, it's a big galaxy out there and everybody's That's a right. dick and mm-hmm. you got to deal with it. And I, I came around to, you know, I came around to really liking it, but because again, they were finding their Star Trek finds a way to find the hope within that mess and, and, and perseveres. But, uh, I don't know. I think this is just built into us. Like this is almost an all genre thing. We have to have the conflict mm-hmm. to have the hopefulness because without the conflict, what do you have? You just have boring. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I, and I don't, I'm not making the case that science fiction is always bound up with the current politic. I really want to make that clear. Oh, I, I do believe no, Gene Roddenberry was just really good at that. And he's yeah. a genre definer. Right. Well, and others. Right. So like, well, yeah, yeah. People like who were his Paul, Paul Verhoeven, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> only makes science fiction. That's about the current thing that mm-hmm, has been right. bothering him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and know? that's what all, that's what most writers do. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying but I'm, to, but, I'm, but I, I'm not saying all, I'm not saying all, like, oh, I no. don't feel like Ridley Scott really gives a shit what's going on in the real world. In the current climate. Right. With the stuff yeah. he's stuck. No, like, He's, what kind of he story loves, you're telling? Yeah, he loves like uh, ancient climate, and uh, you know he wants to explore like historical stuff. But I never feel like I see a Ridley Scott movie and go, "Oh, what a what a what a piece of coverage for our day!" Like I never feel like you right. know what I think. No, but to see a visionary because he imagines like, okay, well, uh, we're gonna have you know AI soon, and AI is gonna be have the potential of going out of control, and so there might be these replicants who are. Self-aware and kind of. Did you see? Did yeah, you hear did, Cameron say that he said, "I tried to tell you people back in '84." Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, shut did up!" Really? Made me laugh. Oh, yeah, awesome. like, oh, he did say that up. recently. I think he was mostly Jeez. joking, but, but like, in, so to the Ridley Scott point, he, I, I think that that's somewhat true. But I think more, he just approached the Philip K. Dick story and said, "Ooh, cool movie," and made it. That's right. Oh, right. Of course, yes. Yeah, since it's based on. I think possibly. it's important. I think it's important. I think, and I, 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 I kind of get frustrated with people who get frustrated but i understand like when you see when you see modern day uh issues that are you getting you just not be like this every day all of us on the internet not everybody in the world but everybody who's on the internet engaged constantly is getting just overloaded with you know you know voices people uh, you know people saying they, they they're having problems other people saying no you don't and just you know just all these pieces on the board and that's really important for us to express those as artists and people who are creating movies and telling stories so we can address those things in a story so we can kind of we can kind of put ourselves outside of what's going on and look at it objectively like you know the kiss in Star Trek when when uh, when Kirk kisses Uhura so yeah. that's like we were able to kind of distance ourselves it's like oh it's okay that they're kissing because this is the future and we know kind of where things are going and it's it's fine yeah. It's kind of Fine. like a a, a a a playground, like a you know a uh, an area where you can kind of try these experiments and say, yeah. what would happen if dot dot dot, or yeah. right. yeah. um, how would people react if this happened, and, and that sort of thing. And 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, which sandbox. I guess I guess that's what I'm looking. Yeah, there for, you like go. It's a, you're absolutely right, and it's also a sandbox where, uh, unlike say just a drama or like a relationship movie or something, where it's also a sandbox for this relationship and exploring that. This is this is distinct because it's like uh, here's a thing that's literally not possible right now. Mm-hmm. It may one day mm-hmm. be, but even if it's fantastical, like something like you know, go back to Guardians. Um, y- y- it's still a place where you can play with these ideas. And do so with some assumptions that we're okay with seeing the spaceship move at a certain speed and do a certain, you know what I mean? Like you can put all that in the back of your head and say, well, no, the technology is covered. I don't have to sit and nitpick this. We're good because science fiction is accepting the state of whatever tech is being shown to me. Uh, And and tech and magic are often interchanged. Um, and And we can park our brain and then get to the nitty gritty of, okay, now in that scenario, how do these people or these aliens behave with each other? And Sandbox is a great way to put that. Like it really mm-hmm. is that, and maybe the strongest version of that in cinema. Because what else? What else gets close to that? Yeah. Like fantasy, maybe. But yeah, fan- but fantasy. Right. You go in with the expectation. Well, none of this could happen because it's all fantasy, or none of this. None of this it's has any grounds in, in reality. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. There are no dragons. There are no but, you know. But sci-fi wizards. has one foot planted in humanity and one foot planted in in the future. One foot planted in. Uh, um, what could be, and then in one, one foot plan and what else? Poop. Yep. <laughs> there's a and third. All of a sudden, I've got seven feet. Yeah, there's a lot of. I was gonna say, but that's see, we accept it because it's science fiction. All those feet, it's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, so but, I have, a, I have yeah. a fun little question for you. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm I'm just looking at a list of the top 100 best sci-fi movies of all time. So that's a little subjective, but I, I you know, I, I like these top 100s because mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. least at least the top 50 is going to be pretty good, like pretty fa- fairly close to what yeah. you would get if yeah. you asked anybody and fairly agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in, in a top 100, there's like 65 different directors What's in here, all? right? Yeah. And <laughs> one of them stands out, okay. really stands out among, among all of them yeah. as having the most top 100 sci-fi films of all time. And I'm, I'm wondering if any of you can just guess. Oh it gosh. Uh, who that is i mean star spielberg? wars seems yes, too obvious Steven spielberg is the answer oh and uh and <laughs> sorry sorry if you wanted to make that uh, go right, on a little, little bit yeah. <laughs> a little bit that's why because <laughs> I think that, because my, my real question is what's your favorite spielberg sci-fi mm, well for uh, brian like, dunaway what, i already know the answer AI. it's uh it's a little bit <laughs> it's, a, it's a little movie called uh, uh minority report he's super into it and uh he started in in ai and finished it up in minority report mm. screwed the whole thing up listen i I think AI is underappreciated. I think it's worth seeing and think it's Oh, I don't think it's underappreciated at all. I think it's right where it should be. I think, <laughs> I it's, think it's, it's cool. I think it's I think it's appreciated. I think it's yeah, I appreciate it. There you go. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't say appreciated. I think it's appreciated. <laughs> I don't think it's, that's a yeah. word, but okay. Wait, it's, it's science whelming. fiction. Um it's totally whelming. As far as like uh, impact of science fiction, do we so we probably consider Jurassic e. Park is science the, fiction, is right? Yeah, thing, right? E.T. is, oh, e. is uh, going to be my pick right just because of the impact that it made on me yeah, uh, as a kid. And I still, I look back at that and I'm like, I still can't find flaws with it. It's hopeful, mm-hmm. but it's still, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of danger. There's kind of that. It's not D. really Wallace technology going wrong, mm-hmm. but it is man's... Um, arrogance in thinking that well anything that comes to this planet we can rip apart and figure out how it works kind of thing right right and see my my idea of hopefulness is my favorite spielberg sci-fi film which is close encounters of the third kind because it doesn't go to that point that you're talking about right it ends with first contact yeah, right, right. and it allows you, if you want to be hopeful, you where are right all ahead. those humans going with those tiny aliens? Right, concerned, very concerned, very concerning. Very concerning. Um, but for, also, also, yeah. it's just a fantastic film. Like it's such a such a fine made, such film. a wildly yeah. paced movie. I, I, it's one of the. I love how it's paced. It's so. When I was young, I hated it. I'm like, oh my god, get on with it! Mm. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, God, I really kind of yeah. As a kid, you're like, when when are the spaceships coming? When are we getting some aliens? It's like, oh, when's it going to stop? Making shapes out of his yeah, mashed potatoes. It's not a good. It's not a good. 
Really, kid film. Yeah, the kids were not in yeah. mind for that, I don't think, which is fine because yeah. as an adult, yeah. I really appreciate it. But for me, it's Jurassic Park, and I, I probably would okay. change this. I, would, I wouldn't have said this as a kid. As a kid, I would have been freaked out by Jurassic Park. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it would have scared me more as more horror elements. But but Jurassic Park is, I think, has its foot squarely in science fiction, and Absolutely. it innovates on every level, yeah. storytelling, yeah. Uh, the technical levels of things. I think the direction is insane. The pacing is one of the best paced films ever made. Right. Um, I just, I, that one really, the more, the older I get, the more I, I lovingly look at Jurassic Park and think that that was and, a hell of a thing. And it's another good example of this thing could, at least for the first two movies, before the dinosaurs get out and start making it to America, you know, to the mainland and uh and then we start hearing about newspapers and news reports and things like that but it's it's like one of those little pocket sandboxes mm. oh okay the, you know scientist figures out a way to do this he does it a few select people come there most of them get eaten but this is you know this all is happening completely outside of the rest of the world being aware of it yeah and it's that kind of fun like this could be happening right now you never we wouldn't know until yeah. a pterodactyl starts flying over the empire <laughs> or the, the yeah the empire state building or do something. you ever do you ever think about do you ever remind yourself and then think about how weird it is that you just we just forget that ready player one was a spielberg movie I, for, I yeah. do. Yeah. I forget I want that to all forget the time. It very much. I don't. I don't <laughs> I even hate the movie. It. I kind of. I kind of really enjoyed it, but it doesn't feel yeah, like yeah. you needed the number one director in the history of no, modern cinema to do it. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have a Spielberg feel to that movie at all. I'm with you. Did yeah. not feel Spielberg. really yeah. weird. The, the, well, the book felt Spielbergian, which yeah. is funny, yeah. right? You know, Klein's uh, Klein's writing felt, and he, and obviously he was inspired by oh, clearly those yeah. movies. Yeah, by those movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe that's why Spielberg had trouble with it. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think that's why he was drawn to it. I think he was like, right. wow, this mega hot book. Plus, it had tons of Spielberg references. I mean, not that that's what sways yeah. the man, but I think he once in a while just gets like. Yeah, I just made something super I, serious. Like even like uh, what Jurassic Park and Schindler's List come right. out the same damned year. Like, what is that about? What who in the what the I hell? Complain, I know I complain about Minority Report and AI because I felt like Spielberg matured out of or changed from what I loved. I loved all the stuff before then, and it's hit or miss after that. But I also respect the fact that he never stopped growing. He's continued. Yeah. To try new things, different yeah. things. Well, also, this hasn't worked for me just personally. Don't, don't forget, AI well. was half Kubrick. That's the thing people forget. Well, that's that's why I said I've always said Kubrick's the one who screwed it up. <laughs> that's where it started falling <laughs> apart. He started hanging out with Kubrick, who's yeah. a weirdo, yeah. and he freaking screwed it all up. Yeah. yeah. But then he said, "Oh, you know, I'm going to put a little bit of The Shining into uh, into yeah. Ready Player One." So good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, Kubrick. I Let also, me ask you one more yeah. one more quick question while, while we're talking like this. What what is your favorite animated sci-fi movie of all time? Oh shit! Uh, well, you said it already. Iron Giant. I know you my already favorite. said it. It's hard to argue with that. Iron but, Giant's um, so good. Iron it's Giant, so yeah. so repeatably watchable. I just oh, I freaking love it. But I like Titan yeah. AE. I like. Um, oh, that's a really good. I haven't seen that in forever. That's underappreciated. I, I think it was also uh, kids were a little put off by it because it's again not, it's not really kid it's kid friendly. But I just mean the story's a little more mature. I think. I think, uh, you know, again, saying that I feel like sci-fi or uh, superhero movies are, by and large, sci-fi movies, and I'd say Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, oh shit! Man, of course, that is, that is very science fictiony. There's a, like yeah. literally a multiverse. Oh, yeah, there's a multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that's a very good one. And that, I mean, that thing shot up my list. This new one is, I love it so much. Yeah. I can barely stand yeah. myself. A phenomenal movie. Do we like if you look at um. It, Raiders of the Lost Ark, adventure films or science fiction films? What are those? I say adventure Fantasy. more. Because they, do, much more they do a lot yeah. of shit yeah. in there yeah. that's like, you know, I don't mean just Crystal Skull, which is, you know, alien. Oh, yeah, yeah. now that's science fiction. Well, the ride is in adventure land and not in fantasy land. So, <laughs> ding. <laughs> ding. <laughs> not in Tomorrowland. It's not in Tomorrowland, yeah. Oh, oh. I, I just want to mention my favorite animated sci fi movie, which oh, is yeah. Wally. Which, oh, yeah. which it de- it depends on science fiction, the genre. Like it, it there's nothing about it that really fits any other genre, but it's so uh, heartwarming, you know. No, the mm. first third of that movie is is one of my favorite first thirds of any yeah. movie, yeah, and I love too. the whole thing. But when when they get to the ship, it's all it's a lot more like That's traditional. But the first yeah. part of it is so it's just I'm Wally alone cleaning up the planet and yeah. yeah videos of what's his name who died recently I can think of his name the comedian uh, 
he would uh, they would it's the first time they put live action people into a Pixar film. Right. Um, the yeah. Guy, the guy that? from uh, um, Best in Show, he's like what well, I can't think of the guy's name. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Yep. It's an odd thing they did with that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh another one I always think is underappreciated, but also made shit tons of money. And I, I don't I really liked it. I don't know what everybody else's problem is, but I thought his version of War of the Worlds was great. And that is as is as science fiction as you can get, man. That's classic science fiction. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought that was great. Freaking Tim Robbins, Dakota Fanning, Thomas mm-hmm. Cruz. You may have heard of Thomas Cruz. Oh, did he do his oh, own Thomas? Stuff? Thomas. He, yeah, he did his own uh, his own stunts while whilst fighting giant. Did he gangly. did he jump off a, like a crane or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Climb up the climb up the side of a spaceship with suction cups. Yeah, but they're you know it it is it is easy though to I think it's fair to look at Spielberg's catalog and say you are a massive influence on science fiction for the last oh, 50 years. I think that's a, yeah. I don't know how you get away from Correct. that. Like I can't without, you know, there are, there, there's some major impacts from others, but they're singular. It's like, you know, James Cameron definitely fits in that category. It's call him just yeah, slightly less, but of. he's there. Yeah. And I would obviously George Lucas belongs there, even though it's a single project. You know, one big, right. wide, but, huge. I mean, it's, it's spread so wide. Well, and we haven't even brought up Star Wars. So to finish things out today, let's just touch on that. Sure. Is Star Wars, okay. how do we, Star Wars is basically uh, Lord of the Rings with laser swords and, and blasters. Right. It, it really is. More is. fantasy touches on elements of uh, spirituality. Yeah. Um, it's, it's less about yeah, science, it's, right? It's more about it's a it's patience. a family drama. Everybody's yeah, really family drama. It's a soap <laughs> opera, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say this this is one of those tricky ones because there there is so much sci-fi and it 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 has uh, um, so much of its foundation firmly set in science fiction, but the force stuff is purely fantasy. It's it's supernatural, right. and that's the kind of the. The, one of the hallmarks of fantasy is the unexplainable, the un, at least until you get to midichlorians, which we won't even bring up. But, uh, but yeah. you know, that it's still that, that aspect of it is the fantasy aspect of it. So, like 60 40? Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, like, the, it's like the Apple split. Maybe it's 70 30, you know? That's yeah. how much money you're going to get for your app on the App Store. You're going to get it, 70 30. It would definitely have went in the sci fi section. Uh, at yes. Blockbuster, though, we yeah. definitely would. Oh, yeah, of course, because you had yeah. laser guns and laser swords and you had that's ships right. and yeah. you had space and, and that's all it really takes. But that Star Wars is it's like one of the great, you know, it was that quote, one of the greatest tricks the devil ever played was convincing you it was whatever. It's like that. It's that movie mm-hmm. convinced you it was a science fiction movie, but really it isn't. It's just none of it's based in science. Like they're not going, yes, uh the blaster is a derivative. You know, they don't get into that. It's just well, we like, do, we do have a lot of sci-fi nerds who go that direction with star Wars stuff. And absolutely. it's fun. That's fun. That's fine. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 No, what, go deep. Na- as you want to name. Go. It's kind of like this. A uh, name one, uh, don't know if it really applies or anything, but name one technology in star Wars that made it over into our universe. Yeah, that we, I, we'd star Trek all the time. It's like, we're constantly trying to make shit that was on star Trek. Well, is okay. I got a war stuff. That's a good, that's, exam, that's a great question. Cause I have an answer to that. That is, right. that is, and it will help define what I'm saying that the, that star Wars is defined differently. And that is that everybody wants to make shit that's in right. star yeah. Wars, right. but it's not practical. Like you've seen these guys on YouTube who've figured out finally how to make a six yeah lightsaber it's about six feet long or whatever that stops at a certain point but it's hooked up all kinds of weird cables and fuel and and all this stuff (laughs) because it won't work otherwise so there's this feeling of like man to recreate that fantasy i have made a sort of working lightsaber right that's it that's a whole other kind of aiming for you know trying to duplicate mm-hmm. what a movie would give you whereas and star trek like, kind of already existed uh, in our world by the time star wars came yeah, along so that's kind of like new tech prosthetic hands and things like that what, what about like a like bb robots yeah, yeah, yeah robot, robots that serve you are my answer yeah. to your question oh that's a, go. good one. that's a good one yeah. i i'm not saying star wars innovated that but it is definitely a big pillar no that was battle star galactica right don't get mad don't get mad no that was right <laughs> but things like, like gyroscopic uh, robots, like BB-8, the fact that Sparrow right. came along and said, we could actually make that, and we made that, and we put it in the movie and that sort of thing. Like The the fact that um, then now I've got a little BB-8 that can sit and patrol right. my dining room. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. I would. I, I wouldn't. I wonder why iRobot and others haven't done the spherical thing for actual, like you know, for Roombas or or this this robot that Amazon sells. I forget what it's called, Rob or something. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll go around uh, the house Rob and has, respond. It I uses, think you're thinking that's Nintendo. It's it's not Nintendo. Rob isn't what you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, I don't else. know. I can't remember the name <laughs> of the damn thing. But it but it will go around the house. You can call for it. It'll come to you. Yeah. You can have yeah. it do things like we we are getting closer to what a droid is. In Star- so yeah, perfect one actually. That's right. that's probably the most. That's probably the only one where it's like real life has mirrored that a little bit. Not yeah. quite, you know. He's not helping us fly our ships or hacking into some giant prison planet or anything. I I just want to. I want. I just want a tweaky. I mean, if I could just have oh, like beedy, a big old. Yeah, if I could just have a flavor flav wearing tweaky, that'd just be. Be great. <laughs> I forgot he had that shit around his neck. Oh my gosh, yeah, which, dude. Which robot would you like to have? You could have any any sci-fi robot. I just told you Tweaky is great. He's fantastic. <laughs> we got your answer. I was okay, going to okay, the other okay, 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 I think I'm going back to the Iron Giant because I want I want to do that not only can, like fly me around, but yeah, uh, we can do like some digging around the yard and you know, something oh, big yeah. and useful. But sure. The first thing that popped into my head when you said that of it was for some reason I want a K two SO because okay. I like his attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a robot that I can relate to. Is Hold what on. I'm saying. K two SO help me. Who is that? Uh, Rogue One. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Voice. Okay. Robot. He's got just a. He's just a little bit depressed. Is it Tudyk yeah. or is it Tudyk or Two Dyke? I want to get that. Is it? I don't t- care. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Does he have two dicks or two dikes? What is it? Which is? Doesn't that? matter. Both. One of the, that's two one very. That's two two very different things, right? Like. <laughs> but also, I just like I like K two S O because you never know when you're gonna need someone to like blow up a tree that's in your path, and he'll just do it. He'll just yeah. make it make it disappear. Guess what? Iron Giant toothpicks. That thing is. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. But imagine the just the upkeep. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, man. that piece a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. But, uh, well, there yeah, you go. Was that your answer? Was Iron Giant your answer? Iron Giant. Oh, Iron yeah. Giant is my answer, yeah. Right. Hell yeah. yeah. Final answer? Uh, well, there you have it. I know what I don't want. It I don't is, want... What did you say, Arms count from uh, Blade Runner 2049, because I might change it. I want that <laughs> I want that weird, uh, blocky-looking thing from Interstellar. That annoying... Okay. Um, oh, jeez. That thing is so impractical. Oh, I know we can pick Monolith from, like, 20... Okay, 2000. That's okay. what I'm saying. It's like a... It's just nothing but a slab with barely yeah, opposable right. slab yeah, arms. The the robot astronauts in Interstellar are truly spectacular. Like, I, I, I find them. myself just, like, daydreaming about those, <laughs> <laughs> those robot astronauts. I, I love them because they're impractical, but also very, so unusual for a design. Like... Yeah, that movie's yeah. you're making me want to watch that damn movie right Dude, now. Watch Interstellar. Yeah, like you should watch Interstellar regularly. Oh, like I, I, the the last time, most recent time I watched it, I picked up on so many things that I hadn't really noticed before. Well, it's, there's like, there's no shortage of places to see that. Prime, MGM Plus, Paramount Plus, uh, FX Now, all these services, yeah. I, they all have it. So Interstellar is actually the like going back to the list of the top 100. Interstellar is the most controversial when you talk to people about. They're, they're the greatest of all time. Like mm-hmm. you will have people put Interstellar in the top ten, and you will have people put Interstellar outside of the top one hundred. Like there, there's no like real in between. Well, there for, for people with the that people movie. putting it out of the list are wrong. It's a great movie, and people should see it. <laughs> uh, you want to see, you know, you want to see Matthew McConaughey cry real hard. Boy, howdy, do I have a movie for you? Uh, all right, well, that is going to do it for our special covering the science fiction genre. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I know we did, and we'd love to hear your favorites your uh, things and stuff maybe you're looking forward to is there anything this year that you're all like oh i'm jonesing for that or you know this year or next year uh, in the in the sci-fi uh, genre world any i just want to i just want to say anything from star trek or star wars at this point right now yeah. like yeah. and if you took me back a year i would have said i'm i'm done with star wars for now mm-hmm. and then boom andor and i'm like wow okay i guess we're not done with Star Wars. Yeah. I can't wait for us to watch 65. That's what I'm waiting for. It's on Netflix now. I don't understand why we haven't watched it's it It's going to be just, this summer. It's going to be part of our I just hands. I can't imagine I'm, how we I'm couldn't. excited for uh, Marvel's. Uh, Marvel's. Superhero okay. sci-fi. Space. Yeah. There you go. No, it like totally right fits. Marvel's totally Not fit. the new Transformers? Yeah. Okay. 
Right. No, that's no already, not no. definitely not the new Transformers. I'm looking forward to seeing that, but it, you know, it's not high on my list. I'm looking forward to watching it for free when it comes onto a streaming service that I pay mm. for. For me, the okay. obvious and <laughs> simple pay for. the 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 obvious and simple answer is Dune Part Two. I don't know what the heck's yeah, wrong with the rest of you. Yeah. So that is going to be amazing. Uh, I can't wait for that coming out this October or no November. No, what, this October. October. Oh, it's next, October. It's next year. It's this year. No, it's this, this year? year. It's this year. Okay, but it's yeah, October Dune Part Two. Although there has been some just this week, there's been some rumors that it's going to get bumped back I a few months getting, I thought it got bumped because yeah, of the on. writers and actors strike. oh really that's interesting I thought they were done like in the can on that thing right but there there may be some people in Reshoots solidarity and, with the strike oh, who are seven. are trying to bump it back so that they can have actors like doing marketing oh I so see per, uh, personally um, you know holding you know torturing me personally is the way they're going to do this I see <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, that is uh, our uh, show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please check out filmsack.com for everything else. We'll be back next time with a whole other thing, another movie. I don't know what it is yeah, we, yet. So we have a movie next week. Yeah, we'll, we, you'll, you'll see it on our on our sites. Yeah, sign up on, on our, or get into our Discord. There's no signing up. Just get mm-hmm. over on our, on our Discord. We always have a little thread going um, about the film of the week and that sort of stuff. If you want to hang out with more film sackers, it's a great bunch of discussion going on all the time so join us at frogpants.com slash film sack super easy support us at patreon at patreon.com slash film sack that'll do it for us for me for brian for brian and for andy and gage see you next time get more at frogpants.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.